The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And here we go. This is your favorite hour of the week. It's the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Pete Sweeney here with the player, Sean Barber, the blog father, Barber Shop, Jill Thorman. Sean, it's the holiday week. I know you got to be feeling good. What's going on in your world? Matt, I just, you know, I can appreciate in the holiday season. It's kind of like I've gifted Joel my nickname because, you know, I like what you pronounce it and you announce him as Joel Barbershop, the God. I mean, he just takes everybody's. So, for uh, Christmas 2017, man, you are the uh, you, you're a barbershop. Man. You're a giver. I can't help but that all of our podcast fans call me the barbershop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> all throughout Kansas City, fan after fan. It's the season the for giving. The season for giving. I, I, can, I can like it. I well, it. the Chiefs were given a gift this weekend, and that is a terrible Miami Dolphins team coming into town with the opportunity to win the AFC West. The Dolphins coming in at 6-8. and eight. It's very simple. Win. And the Chiefs win back-to-back AFC West Championships games Sunday afternoon and noon, Arrowhead Stadium. If you're not going out to the game, hanging out with the family, you'll hear Kevin Harlan and Rich Gannon on the call. But before we get into this game against the Miami Dolphins, first of all, big game against the Chargers. Chiefs coming away with the win. What would you guys learn? The Chiefs could be good again. <laughs> Maybe. Um, you know, I think the Raiders were kind of more of a flawed team at the time, and so that win maybe didn't feel as good as this Chargers one does, did. Um, but they were playing as well as anyone, and the Chiefs just, you know, stifled them offensively and defensively. I thought they had a really good day. Um, you know, it's one of those performances you're like, hey, if you go into, you know, Pittsburgh and put up a game like that, like that's going to be a pretty good game. That's, that's going to be a tight game. So uh, maybe they can compete. Um, I, I found out that, you know, game in and game, game out, um, it's a four-quarter fight. No matter what it looks like the first half, the first quarter, whether the running game is going or not, um, the Chiefs have uh, – they, they have some persistence to them. They, they, they'll, they'll keep coming. They'll keep playing Andy Reid's ball, and effectively they'll uh, – some, at some point in the game when the tide turns, um, they become the better football team. And when they become the better football team, they put points up fast, defense starts creating turnovers. And before you know it, we we won by 20. Um, so I don't know what it says for them as a whole. I mean, I think they need to learn how to get a lot more of this positive, uh, uh, like a positive start to the game to, you know, get some of these better teams. But 
um, against the Dolphins coming up this week, man, if we can just put together a good two or three quarters of playing Andy's ball and defense, you know, doing what we do, um, I think we, we'll have a great outcome. I learned that I am stunned because I thought this season was over in the middle of the year when they were losing game after game, and I thought there was no way they could get back to that 5-0 and Chiefs. But you saw in this Chargers game, the defense was feeding off the offense. The offense was feeding off the defense. Special teams did their job. And for the first time in a while, they pounced on a team. You know, like Phillip Rivers was really losing that game for the Chargers, and the Chiefs were forcing that to happen. And not only forcing that to happen, but on each turnover, they were scoring points. And it's that step-on-your-throat mentality that you really haven't seen since New England and Philly and those games earlier in the year. And what better time to have it than now when the playoffs are about to start in a couple weeks. That being said, you could play a dud against the Dolphins and they need to win in Denver. So you, you never know. It's a week-by-week league. But, I mean, you got to be kind of optimistic coming away from this game. I mean, I think that one of the biggest developments for me is a, it's the second week in a row that the pass rushes looked really good. And when the pass rush is on, man, they just get the turnovers. Um, and, and it just creates so much positive momentum. Um, so I think that's like the most important part of the defense. And they've brought it the last uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs we, we, we lose to the, uh, the two teams from New York. And then we come back and beat the three. Uh, three teams from New York. And then we come back and beat our division foes who, like we said, the Chargers were playing – I'm looking at one of the hottest teams in football at the time, um, and we take care of both of them, both of those uh, opponents with no problem. My favorite stat uh, from this Chargers game that uh, Philip Rivers hasn't beaten Alex Smith since the iPhone five was was just released. <laughs> I just got rid of my iPhone five. So. December two thousand thirteen. That that's, next week is the four year anniversary. Joel, that's what we call a nice segue into our news segment because the Pro Bowlers were announced this week and Philip Rivers made the Pro Bowl and Alex Smith didn't. The Chiefs Pro Bowlers being Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, and Travis Kelsey. Guys, did Alex Smith get snubbed here? Yes. Um I think the problem is, like my analysis of it, when most of this Pro Bowl voting went down, Alex was on one of his down stretches, and Philip Rivers was winning every game and playing really well. well you know, it was the old Alex. So I think that kind of flipped it. Um, but statistically, if you look at the entire season, I mean, I, you know, usually we're arguing like in, intangibles for Alex, and he doesn't have the numbers, but not here. His numbers are better than Rivers uh, so far. He has half the interceptions, another touchdown pass, completes more passes. Um, you know, his team is better. Uh, I you know I I just would have gone with Alex Smith here. He'll 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 be top alternate. You know Brady's not going to play. And proud moment for the president of Team Liz uh, this week because Elizabeth Smith wanted to light up Twitter, and Alex Smith said he had to manage her from going on Twitter and lighting up the NFL for not making him a Pro Bowler. Proud moment for Team Liz. I mean, I'm the president. I'm the president <laughs> of Team Liz, so I'm I'm happy. I'm happy she wanted to get on Twitter. I mean, because he really did deserve it, and for Rivers to get in above. You know, it's kind of that name thing because Rivers is usually consistently good over the years. Alex Smith is consistently good, but maybe not on that Pro Bowl level. He is a first alternate, though, and with the way the Super Bowl works, if the Chiefs don't wind up making it, he should be there once again. Sean, anyone else you think got snubbed on the defensive side? No defensive players for the Chiefs. I mean, you can look at, you know, defense. You can always look at Marcus Peters, um, but as a, it's always kind of a, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, who's doing well, who, who's the public eye, who they, who they, who they believe. It's kind of like a little celebrity contest. Um, so, I mean, MP, he, he's going to rub people wrong based off of his stance against the national anthem and his stance against uh, trying to draw awareness for uh, for the kids from the Oakland area and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things about them, him as a person people don't like. 
Um, but he is one of the best cornerbacks um, year to year for the, you know, since he's been in the league, he's probably one of the top three cornerbacks. So um, it is I, what it is. Comes they, territory. I think sometimes too, players will get snubbed on lack of plays to them. You know, a lot of what Peters does now well is prevent the ball from being thrown his way. But the thing is, if the ball's not thrown his way, he's not going to get an interception. Same thing with someone you'll see this week in the dumb can sue. I mean, that's another guy who didn't make the pro bowl, but guess what? He's doubled and triple teamed yeah. each play. So it hurts you in that, that sense. They ran into the Jacksonville buzzsaw. They got two corners on that list, uh, the, the uh, Jaguars did, and then Aqib Tlaib and Casey Hayward from San Diego. So, I mean, those are four really good players. Like, it's always tough to, like, you know, like I say Alex got snubbed or Marcus got snubbed. It's tough to go in there and actually, like, remove a guy and say, like, oh, he had a better season than this guy. Like, so. Marcus Peters is a better corner than Tlaib. And like Talib is, is basically going off of his history, his, you know, like you say, he's, he's, he's basically, he's, <laughs> he's been planted as a pro bowler basically until he retires. Um, there's nothing he can do to like prevent that as long as he plays halfway decent ball. Um, but Marcus is a younger, more aggressive, more talented cornerback than Talib is. Right the uh, Chiefs were, you know, rumored to be in on Casey Hayward a couple of years ago when he went to uh, the Chargers. They were, they were trying to sign him. That would have been. I haven't a hell seen. Of a I haven't seen Casey Hayward since he was burnt yes. by Tyree Kill. Oh my right. gosh, that was amazing. He makes plays though. He's a good corner now. He he is. A no, good I, I I'm just kidding. But no, yeah, Casey Hayward, very good. Chiefs could have used him. I think earlier on this year, but now they have uh, Darrell Revis Island on the other side. Getting into the injuries for this week, four Chiefs missed practice on Wednesday. Eric Fisher and Travis Kelsey have an illness. Haven't really had any other details besides that. Tom Bahali missed practice because he's old. And Kevin Pierre-Lewis has a shoulder. I think the, the shoulder is the only new thing. And, and you expect guys with illness to be better by the weekend, I would hope. Yeah, unless this is like some sort of crazy super flu that's going to knock him out all week. Hopefully it doesn't go throughout the rest of the locker room. Don't you see that sometimes where like – Today, there'll be like seven more guys mispractice with an illness. You're like, oh, man. You know, I know it has nothing to do with the NFL, but it happened very recently with the WWE where several wrestlers got got meningitis at the same time and they had to remove them from shows. So, yeah, you hope it's not something like that where uh, it, A, is detrimental to, you know, because meningitis is pretty serious, and B, spreads to other guys because sicknesses can, can infiltrate a locker room and, you know, we talked about how it's great the Chiefs are playing well at the same time. Wouldn't it be the worst news in the world if they got this sickness at the same time as the playoffs are approaching? So, yeah, you hope uh, Eric Fisher and Travis Kelsey are back by the weekend. As for game storylines, it's very simple. Win the game and you win at the AFC West. Here's Coach Reed. Yeah, I think uh, there's got to be an urgency from everybody, I, I believe. Um, and so I, that's what I felt coming in. When the players came in here uh, yesterday, so I um, I feel it feel it today. But there, there has to be an urgency all the way around. You're not guaranteed of anything, and so uh, every game becomes the most important game. If it wasn't before, it surely is now. I mean, we're we, we put ourselves in this position, so we've got to make sure we stay focused. <clears throat> and um, now that's how that's how I look. I can't speak for anybody, but but I mean, I felt that. The last couple of days, yeah. And then on the other side of this, you had Ndongman too, and he, even though the Dolphins have eight losses, he believes the Dolphins still have a shot. We've got a shot. Yeah. That's all that matters. So we've got to go out there and finish uh, and take care of business. Uh, i got a great Kansas City team that we're going to go and play against. 
guys that I've seen uh, played against before uh, and guys that I haven't played against before. Um, so that's where we got to take care of business. I mean, come on. The worry <laughs> skill has to be a one this weekend. I, I mean, I feel like you go to Miami and you don't worry about your record at the end of the year. You go there, you get your big free agent deal, and you hang out by the beach. Like, I, I can't imagine they're that concerned about yeah, this. No income tax. The weather's nice all year long. I mean, everybody's driving around in Maseratis and Bentleys. It's and probably stuff. 73 degrees in Miami right now. Yeah, the party's in the city and the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. That's, that's I think, why you go. To Miami. Did we unknowingly set you up, right? No. <laughs> Was that like a Will Smith line yeah, or something? No, Welcome no, to no. Miami. No, dude, no, no. Uh, so is there any chance for the Dolphins to win this week? I mean, I guess we'll get into more in predictions, but I mean. Yes, that that's what the, the that, that losing streak did, is you can no longer say the Chiefs are you know guaranteed to win this game. I feel like you used to be able to say that against these bad teams. Uh, so there's still like a level of worry with me. Um, but, man, veteran team goes out. They When, when you have the division on the line, you kick the crap out of the Dolphins. The one thing I will say that it was noticeable this week, whereas during the losing streak it was probably noticeable in the other way, is I go back and I watch the other team's press conferences from earlier in the week. This is a downtrodden team. Like, Gase was basically as low as it gets during his 13-minute press conference this week. I mean, you have no shot at winning your division. Even though this – Like, it's got to be a bad season all the time in the AFC East for anybody not named the Patriots. The vibe that I got and – as much as they were saying we're still going to play, the vibe that I got was that, you know what, we just got to play these two games and we're looking forward to next year. I mean, that's just it. That said, I mean, if you're the Chiefs, this is where you step on their throat. You don't want to even give them any hope in this game because there shouldn't be, especially the way you've been playing. Yeah, if the Chiefs could start out this game like they started out last game, it's a possibility a team like Miami will get hot, um, not, you know, not turn the ball over late in the game, and they could win the game. So I think if we see our Chiefs teams play like they did the second half of last week, um, you know, you know, running the ball, you know, uh, play action passes, those are ROPs, RPOs, RPOs, those RPOs at a high level, um, and keep moving the ball, keep matriculating the ball down the field, uh, <laughs> finishing drives with field goals or punts. You know, whenever it, uh, drive ends up with a kick is a good thing. Then we'll, we'll we'll get the kind of a result we want. You know, this is the, they call it the wild wild AFC West for a reason. Do they call it that? I always did the wild wild West. If you part of the AFC West, you never know. It's, nothing is easy. There's no um, no nobody wraps up uh, division titles um, in week 13 and 14 in the AFC West. He's, well, he's I'll, even gotten it written down right here. Wild wild, wild wild West. west. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t-shirt idea. That's what kind of podcast it's going to be today. We're talking about winning. The Wild Wild West, a duel with the Miami Dolphins on Sunday afternoon. When we come back, we'll talk X's and O's. Stay with us. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> that's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollar menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. We are talking the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Miami Dolphins win, and you win the AFC West. First thing we're going to discuss is the Chiefs offense versus the Miami defense. As of late, this Chiefs offense has been a different offense than we saw during that disastrous midseason stretch, and a huge reason for that is that Andy Reid switched up the play calling to his offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy. Here was Reid on Nagy's play calling this week. Yeah, he's been with me a long time, so he kind of knows how we go about business or I go about business. And um, I, I, at the same time, I want him to add his, his flair to it. So, and, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, again, we want to run the offense, and he believes in the offense, so I, I have trust there that he's going to do a good job with it. How do you feel, Alex Smith? Keeping the communication open. You know, all week as you talk about, hey, well, what if they play us like this? Then, then I'll be, are we thinking this? You know, and I think just that open communication with everybody, including, um, you know, Nags and Coach Reed, I think a little bit allows you to kind of play that game as you lead up to game day, right? And you play a lot of that out, um, you know, and that's because there's a lot of unknown. You just don't totally know sometimes. So I think you try to play a lot of that out through the week um, and, and keep those keep that communication open. I think that pays off on game day. Hard to know the details of what Nagy is doing differently. I know we talked about more RPO, but just as far as the belief in this offense, you finally believe that they can consistently score points again. And really, it's a direct correlation going back to that New York Jets game where that they exploded for 31 points, and they've been doing it every week since. Kudos to Matt Nagy on that. Yeah, um, the running game is a huge part of that. The last couple of weeks, it's definitely looked better. And, uh, you know, uh, I think Therese had a piece and some other people um, – including our own Kent Swanson at AP noticed that they case once. Yeah. At, at, um, you know, offensively that they just like simplified a lot of things. Jeff Schwartz was the other one who mentioned that and they just stopped getting cute the way he put it. Um, and I think that's really, uh, you know, had, had a difference on the offense as a whole. And, uh, yeah, when, when Kareem hunt is running well, I, you just feel so good about this offense. There's a trifecta going on right now. Yeah. You got you got you got one of the trifecta on your on your chest right there. Oh yeah, but right now between the, the open communication between Andy Reid, uh, Matt Nagy, and Alex Smith is going at an all time high, and that uh, that open communication allows there to be a uh, what they say is uh, it's built on trust. They trust what each other is saying. There no no second guessing. Uh, I believe when Alex Smith comes to Coach Reid and Nagy and say, "Hey, I'm seeing the safety," you know he's he's sitting on X Y and he's sitting on this in route. Then they they don't have to look to the film to see if they. You know, if he's telling the truth, there's been trust. There's been games, too, where Alex Smith and Andy Reid prior to have been brilliant. But there's also games where you could sort of notice they were overthinking it. It seems like Nagy has that little bit of spice, that little bit of wrinkle where it it prevents them from really overthinking. There's still a simplified aspect to it. And it's working. I'm in a relationship, you know, with my wife. And you are. We argue about some things. And she, we have a discussion and we think we're listening to each other. and We think we're communicating, but we're not. I'm stuck in my way. She's stuck in her way. And sometimes we need to have a third person, a little arbitrator, come in and explain to, to explain to me. Oh, Esther. Is it Esther? <laughs> sometimes he comes in. <laughs> no, we have we have a third person comes in and say, hey, hey, Sean, do you understand she's saying this? And hey, 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 Nicole, do you understand Sean is saying this? And sometimes just hearing it from somebody else makes it all smooth. I think that's what's going on right here. Sometimes like now you're probably just saying, hey, hey, Smith, you know, Coach Reeds wants you to you know, stay on that third read a second long. Let's stay with Kelsey one one more step, you know. We understand when you're getting the pressure, but hey, he's our read. Like, like stick with it. It it felt like they were getting maybe in a rut. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing. They were mm-hmm. overthinking it, or or you know whatever. Um, 
but yeah, you know, someone mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that changing the play caller is also a tendency breaker, which, you know, I thought was uh, a great point as well. Um, you know, cause it's just the, the fundamentals of the offense work, um, you know, just someone else uh, doing it, changing it up a little bit, you know, apparently works. One of the bigger things this year for the offense, too, has been the emergence of Tyreek Hill as a legitimate wide receiver. And we saw that on display last week. We already kind of talked about it with Tyreek Hill's fly route down the field. Alex Smith hits him in stride. Tyreek talked about the play this week. And if you listen to him, he was actually the second option on the play. But Smith realized he'd have man-on-man, one-on-one coverage. So they go to Tyreek Hill. And then if you listen a little bit further, Hill was asked about the Pro Bowl and just some telling quotes from Hill this week. Here you go. It's my route regardless, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was a de- design play for someone else, and uh, Alex noticed that it was bump and run, and uh, he made it great, though. Offensive line protected well, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I was able to get down the field and score. So you were going to run that route anyway, but the ball was supposed to Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You think Alex wasn't one of the three players who named the Pro Bowl team, but he was first ultimate. Was, would Alex, should Alex have been one of the three is this even a question right now? Uh, yes. I mean, I do feel like Alex did uh, get snubbed. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, obviously he's a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback as a chief, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the uh, stats are there. So I feel like he did get snubbed. He's a great player. Did you feel like you got snubbed as a wide receiver? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I was definitely upset, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, I made the Pro Bowl. That's good. But I feel like, I mean, I, I made the transition to, to – uh, to uh, make it to the Pro Bowl as a receiver. That was one of my goals uh, at the beginning of the year. To clarify, oddly enough, Tyreek Hill gets a nod as a Pro Bowl player, as a returner, even though he really hasn't been as effective this year, he probably just should have made it as a receiver. And to hear him upset about that, I think that's a good thing. And other teams have taken notice, Gase this week included. Well, when you have the type of speed he does, it's one of those things you hear people say all the time, you can't coach it. So... It's always hard to match up with him. And you got to be, you have to understand where he's at in formation. You got to understand, you know, what type of routes that can really cause some damage. You know, you can't miss tackles. You know, if you let him really just start getting free, give him green grass, that's where he'll, he'll do a lot of damage. And that's why he's had success the last two years, no matter what he's done, whether it be punt returns, receiver. I mean, he'll, he'll cause a lot of problems. So, Tyree Kill. Obviously, one of the focal points of the offense this season. Yeah, um, there is there is nothing uh, better than watching him run that one on one route uh, when everybody sees it beforehand too. You know, on that one last week, I definitely saw it um, in the the separation he gets. So yeah, I mean, we we say it every week. There need there needs to be like three or four of those every single week um, where you just throw it up to Tyreek. Because if you do it consistently enough, aren't you going to have to double him at a certain point, and that'll open up things for I would imagine for Kelsey to be. In the open field. I mean, Kelsey's the reason why, and Kareem Hunt's the reason why he's ever, you know, single covered at all. Um, you know, because those guys can also do their own damage. But, you know, I mean, man, when when Tyreek gets it going, when he hits a big play, I mean, it's a touchdown. That's why I think like he's kind of, you know, arguably the most important part of this, uh, you know, trifecta here. Yeah, Kelsey and um, Hunt, they give up. You know, they'll hurt you for a first down. But we know about Hill Hill when he when he gets by your defense, man. There's no catching him from behind. There's no when he's even, he's leaving. And uh, well, I think what, what what did they say? It's, it's hard to outthrow the cheetah. Once the cheetah's loose, you can't outthrow him. Just chuck it deep. Just that separation he has right when the ball is like in the air is just like crazy. He turns it like into another gear, and if you slow it down like frame by frame, it's just nuts. If you watch any film on him or just of this year, 
and you're a cornerback or safety and you somehow are one-on-one with them, how are you thinking about bumping and yeah. running? Because God forbid you miss. <laughs> it's going to be the worst piece of film all week. And you're going to have to watch as he's five yards ahead of you for the rest of it. And that's, and it's amazing too. We, we came out with the P shirts this week. It's amazing that he's been able to do that not only once, but like multiple times this year, because to have that showboat, you have to be strides like ahead of, of your boat. Yeah. And these are NFL players. This isn't college anymore. These are NFL players. So just a, a, re, a guy with, you, you understand why the chiefs took a chance on him. You know, there was all this stuff about him when uh, the draft was happening and you understand why the chiefs took a chance on him because he has talent you may have never, ever seen before when it comes to that speed. I want to get to the Dolphins' defense. Dolphins' defense runs, runs through number 93, Nadab Kinsu. Here is Andy Reid on Sue and the Dolphins' defense this week. Yeah, well, first of all, they're very good on third down, very good third down defense. Um, and 93 um, is, is a very powerful man. He's also smart. And uh, their whole defense wants to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So we take that into account, and uh, they've, they've got good they've got good players, good coaches, and good players. So, well, we've got to have a good week of practice here. Make sure we get everything down. So Sue's going to be a problem. Cameron Wake probably benefiting from Sue. He's got nine sacks this year. Another tough challenger for the offensive line, but I can just feel the screens coming. It's just going to be screen city, all right? I mean, is that fair no, to assume? Oh, I think that's totally fair. Um, and in a game like this, I think that's probably the best move. Like Sue definitely does concern me. Um, I would be concerned if I were Alex as well. I feel like he's uh, pretty liberal with when the whistles actually blows, uh, you know, when, with uh, how he how he hits quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, he's he's uh, going to be he's absolutely going to be handful uh, too. But man, last two weeks they faced uh, you know pretty good pass rushers, Mac and Ingram and Bosa done pretty well against them. There's a term in football is called playing through the echo of the whistle. And Sue is probably the, the if you want to see it in action, you watch film of him, you watch game film. Um, he doesn't stop at the whistle. He waits for he waits until the echo of the whistle stops. But he he does it every play. So sooner or later, as a ref, you kind of get a little bit lenient. Uh, late in the game, when he hits people a little bit late, you've been seeing him hit people a little bit after the whistle all game long, and you just kind of that's just how he does things. So um, he's very consistent in that. So he doesn't get really flagged for it that much. I mean, he's been in a lot of trouble with uh, personal fouls and stuff early in his career. But what, what Coach Reed said about him is he's definitely, a, when you say powerful, he's probably one of the most powerful players in the NFL as, as far as moving your offensive lineman out, um, readjusting that defensive line to be in your offensive backfield. And he uses that in a dominating way. He dominates guys on the other side of the ball, but he is not a meathead. He's, he is a very smart. He's, he's very player. quiet when he talks. He is a very smart, cerebral player. And that's that what kind of scares you about a guy like that, because he's not just playing with a bunch of emotion, uncontrolled. You can't uh, can't use that against him because he does play. It's kind of like chess out there. It's going to be so pivotal, I think, this week for Alex Smith to get the ball out quickly. And that's something he does well. So it's just something he does well that you're going to just want to see a little bit more this week because you don't want to, Alex Smith also taking any licks, whether it be a sack or not. Because, I mean, this guy could hurt you. And then all of a sudden, you're, when you're, you're with your backup, a la the Eagles, heading into the playoffs. Well, uh, I think Mahomes is going to be playing week 17 anyway. Uh, <laughs> so if Alex needs another week off because he gets dinged up, that'll be all right. Other two names to watch, Rashad Jones. That's the safety for the Dolphins. He was actually named to the Pro Bowl. Another name to watch you maybe haven't really heard of before, Xavier Howard leads the team with 12 passes defense and the four interceptions. Final word, key for the offense this week, Sean. Uh, consistency. Just, just keep keep him out of uh, third and long, like Coach Reed said. The, the Dolphins are a real good 
third down um, team as far as third down completion completion there you go efficiency <laughs> i think it was the word i was searching for come on s dot when i'm when i'm missing the word you're supposed to fill me in um so they yeah they they're good on that third down efficiency um, but the, to keep those third and longs to sh- third and shorts, you got to do good on what first and second down. So you know, heavy run game, heavy short pass game, and those early downs make uh, second and short. Um, give it some plays that we can uh, really start to attack down the field and manipulate their safeties. Turning the page now to the Chiefs defense versus the Miami offense. As we heard on Saturday night, the crowd should once again be bringing it on Sunday, and the Dolphins are aware of that. It's loud. The environment, it's a great environment. You know, it's one of you know one of my favorite stadiums to go to. You know, being in that that division, you know, to go play a team and you know those those fans are. I mean, they're into it, and it's it's hard to hear. And it's you know when it, it comes a tight game, they 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 try to affect the, the other team. Mr. Jay Cutler back in the building. Oh man, he's uh for a while there he was on track to be just behind Jay Cutler or just behind John Elway in terms of my most uh you know hated NFL people. Uh but turns out he's not very good. Um <laughs> but it will be good to see him uh come back to Arrowhead, throw two or three picks, uh which I think he's absolutely guaranteed for. Um yeah, I mean, I don't I don't. I don't know if that's uh, as much of a storyline for Chiefs fans these days, just because it's been. It feels like it's been several years since he's been like actually relevant in Denver. You know, and he he used to be very good. I mean, I hate to say it, he stinks. He stinks now. So that that it it, it the luster of an enemy or you know a rival really kind of wears off when you stink this bad. Two weeks ago, this team beat the Patriots. So that, I mean, stinking or not, what do you call smoking Jay? Whatever, whatever he is, Ripping heaters. he was able to put a, a pretty good offense performance and, and beat uh, you know, Belichick's team and Tom Brady's team, who we all think is probably one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, so, th- I mean, there, there is some uh, – there's a little bit of fight left in that dog. So, I mean, we, like you said, we got we to gotta kind of beat it out of them early. But if our crowd, what I say is loud and proud, that's the area. That's why crowd. I think early is so important this it game. Is, because if you is. can jump on them 10 nothing, 13 nothing. I think this game will be over in the first quarter. It's just a matter of you don't want to give them any hope. You know, if you get up by seven, you don't want to let them jump up to a 10-7 lead. And then all of a sudden it's a game. Jump on them, step on their throat, crowd will be hot game over like that i think that's really the key we are headed for like a 20 to 3 first half lead and then you just sit on it and win 20 to 19 that's exactly what's gonna happen we're all gonna be angry as hell even though they won the division or everyone's personal favorite score 12 9 you know 12 9 this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, chiefs front three and their secondary is coming off a big game we'll need a repeat of that you want to see these Chiefs secondary members that are sort of surrounding Marcus Peters continue to play well because you're going to need everybody once the postseason begins. Notable injuries for the Dolphins. They lost tight end Julius Thomas and right guard German Bouchard to uh, the IR this week. Um, Playmakers for the Dolphins offense, Jarvis Landry, they call Juice. Kenyon Drake, as of late, has come on. Wide receivers, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker. But Parker, it's worth noting, missed practice because of an ankle injury on Wednesday. Any of these playmakers scare you, Sean? Yeah, I mean Kenny Stills is um he he they, they, you know they got their own cheetah. I mean he's a guy who can be a deep threat if you uh, underestimate his 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 deep playability. Uh he can stretch field vertically like no other. Um and and you know Jay Smoking Jay is able to throw the ball up to him. And that's the one thing about, you know, Jay Cutler is he, he doesn't value the possession. So he'll throw it over and over. <laughs> I mean he, he'll keep chucking that thing deep and and just hoping his guys come up. 
Um, I mean, he's really had a, a favoring for Devontae Parker this season because his playmaking ability on the 50-50 balls. So with him being a little bit injured, um, that, that that's one guy who I just I, I really don't want to see Parker in there. Man. I think he can make plays down the field. And Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake has come from, I think he played at Oklahoma, Alabama, wherever he was. He was a split down back. Not everybody was really that high on him. And he's got his opportunity there. And now without Jay Adai there, he's been given the full load. And he opened my eyes. Um, you talked about game. that Patriots game. He was real good. Oh, man, Patriots. really good. And, and so fresh because he hasn't played all season. So you get a, a fresh back and some, uh, you know, some, some Pro Bowl type, type receivers and you start throwing the ball around. If they start getting some momentum early, it, it, could, be a, it could be a longer day than we want at Arrowhead Stadium. So I'm hoping it's cold. I'm hoping the weather's <laughs> uh, dreary, wet, and cold because those Miami guys ain't used to it. Um, and then for our guys that really like, you know, like get up, you know, 20 points really early in the game and take care of business. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and slot Jarvis Landry in with 100 yards on this side of the defense. <laughs> Chiefs are going to win the game, play well, but you know someone's getting 100 over there. Might as well be Jarvis Landry. He's really productive. Um, so, I, I mean, it just it feels like predictable. You I, know? I wanted to note this, too. I mean, this is probably a very underrated, uh, you know, low storyline, too. Anthony Fasano will be back in the mix because Julius Thomas went uh, onto the IR and People will forget this, but Anthony Fasano kind of led Kelsey to a leadership role. It was Kelsey as the number two, Fasano as number one, his first year off that injury. And so I think there's a little bit um, of a relationship between those guys worth noting. Sean, last thing, defensive key for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, pressure right up the middle on Jay Cutler. Um, don't let him have any, any, any sense of being comfortable in the pocket. So big Chris Jones, a.k.a. Mr. GQ Smooth, needs to, uh, needs to penetrate that pocket, man. We need to see him – Pumping up the crowd. I mean, we want to see him dancing during the intermissions. Um, if you haven't been to the Arrowhead game to, to really experience Mr. GQ Smooth, it's not only the suit he wears uh, during the game to the game, but just his whole uh, demeanor throughout the game is just so GQ. And he lives it up, and he does his post-game medias with velvet collet uh, uh, lapels and stuff like that, man. Like, I mean, he's really so entertaining uh, for me as an ex-player just to watch him go about his business and can, can just continue to keep that energy flowing through Arrowhead. So hats off to Mr. Chris Jones. We have an ArrowheadPride.com article up this week where Alex Smith gifted the offensive linemen with Yeti coolers, and Chris Jones is the one filming it, and he's narrating. He goes, look at these guys. <laughs> Hard work pays off. Very jealous. Very yes, jealous. I would be jealous, too, especially if there was a Gucci bag there, too. I wonder what was in it. Yeah, and, and no one really knows it. No one really knows exactly what was in the bag, but I'm sure it was something very nice for these guys. But uh, that's it for X's and O's this week. It's the Chiefs and the Dolphins. When we come back, we'll have predictions. We'll read some of your tweets, and we'll close down shop right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. We're talking the Chiefs and the Dolphins this coming Sunday noon, Arrowhead time, and it's prediction time. We'll start with you, Sean. Go ahead. All right. Well, I think the Chiefs are going to jump out to an early lead, uh, 20 points. They'll, they'll be leading by 20, 20 to 0 early in the um, game. Um, Miami Dolphins are going to score 10 points right before halftime, uh, 20 to 10 halftime lead for the Chiefs. Uh, second half, the Dolphins are going to come out tied up, 20 to 20 going into the fourth quarter. A late touchdown, game-winning drive touchdown, a pass from Alex Smith to my man, Travis Kelsey. 87 and running. Uh, it's going to win the game, and that's going to be the momentum that's going to uh, win for the West. You win the game, you win the West. The Wild Wild West is ours. All of those things wrapped up in, in, in one final drive of the game. 
I also think the Chiefs are going to uh, jump out to an early lead, and then they're going to put it on cruise control uh, for the rest of the game. Dolphins will come back a little bit. 26-20, Chiefs win. Surprise you're going in that direction after going against them for the past couple of weeks, and then the Chiefs into winning. Yeah, I was the bad luck guy there for a little while. Well, here we go. I agree with Joel. I think the Chiefs get out to an early lead. And as sometimes happen at Arrowhead Stadium, you get the Arrowhead lull for a little while, and the Dolphins creep in. I got a 31-24 to 24 Chiefs final. I think they maybe recover an onside kick, and that'll be it for the game. Seth? You guys took all the scores that I wanted to use, <laughs> like all the scores combination. Sean did his, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll think of a new one. Then Joel did his, and I was like, I'll think of a new one. You guys literally did every score combination I was thinking. That was freaky. Get out of my head. Um, wow, I need a moment to regroup here after that happened. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I'm going to go with you guys. I think the Chiefs take an early lead. You know, it's interesting. You've got this Dolphins team that whooped the Patriots, but yet they've looked so irredeemably bad on so many other occasions. I, I think the Chiefs, they've, they've gone back to uh, picking off a lot of passes. They've become turnover machine, creating machines. Again, I think they're going to do just fine against the Dolphins. I'm going to say uh, 34 to 13 with, uh, with Butker kicking some, some deep field goals and winning me my fantasy league championship. A little extra there from uh, Seth. Seth, as we do every week, do you have some advice for the people? You know, I do have some advice for the people. You know, it's the holiday season, guys. I've been giving this some thought. And interestingly enough, when you do what I do in family law, the number of cases you see that come immediately after the holiday season is stunning. And so I would just say this. You know, the holidays seem to bring out the best and the worst of us. Maybe don't let this holiday season be that thing that, you know, completely and utterly destroys your family to where you're calling a lawyer. There's, there's your advice. Seth, Seth, happy to give away the business for happier Christmas times this season. Absolutely, I am. I just want people to be happy, man. All right, well, Seth, enjoy the game this weekend. Enjoy your Christmas. Don't get in any fights. Oh, I'll do my very best not to. Take care, guys. Seth Kaiser, guys, always a treat. Good. You know, it's always a bonus. I mean, we get the score prediction from all the film that he watches. Every day with the 48 hours he must have per day. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. he does it. Uh, and then we Found get a little, cheat code. a little advice. Last segment of the day, of course, we're going to read your tweets. Turn it over to you guys. We got a couple today. Actually, some good questions today. So this should be a nice little segment for us. Jack Weber at Jack Weber TX. Guess that means you're from Texas. Adam Gase has killed us in the past. He beat us as the offensive coordinator of Denver and the Bears with Cutler. Do you think that's him knowing how to beat us or our previous team's just being bad i think it was previously it was peyton manning uh for the most part and then that weird super weird uh cutler game where uh he beat the chiefs when he was with the bears a couple years ago that was the jamal charles injury game where everybody was stunned that doesn't count so i I dispute that he's that he's killed the chiefs i think it was just the manning years you know i just thought of this the sweeney family will be in town for the chiefs game that this weekend the last game was the bears cutler game pete I didn't even God, think about that. That's the last time they were here? That's the last time they were here. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, Adam Gates doesn't really um, – he doesn't move the needle for me. I think he did, you know, just – the Chiefs have, have not been uh, historically uh, – that, that they didn't have played historically that well against the Miami Dolphins. But I think this this year's Chiefs team is a little bit different. I think they're, they're, they're wired a little bit different. I think they're 
they're, they're starting to click at the end of the season. They're, they're, they're kind of getting themselves ready for a playoff run, uh, AFC West championship. And I think they'll come out and they'll, they'll put their best foot forward early and, uh, and take control of the game. You know, I think with all these similarities aside, every team and every year is different. I think the Chiefs are a different team than they were last year, and last year's team was a different team than the year previous. And, yeah, there's these similarities, but Jay Cutler, at this point in his career, and I understand they beat the New England Patriots, but I just don't feel like he's as good as he was then. You know, to make that was a crazy throw. If you remember at the end of the game, he bobbled the pass and just yeah. hit the throw late. I just don't see that happening again. I think this Chiefs team is too good. I think the defense is playing too well. Robbie Hinson. At RRH1382, if KC clinches this weekend, they should not rest starters against Denver. They are just finding their groove again. Came out of the bye week flat. Keep it going. Agree or disagree? Sean, you're, you're stretching. Because <laughs> I've always felt like you just play the game. I mean, the game's on the schedule. You go play them. Um, get them in for a half. Let them get used to, you know, continue to get prepared, play the game. And then if you want to pull your starters out, you know, at halftime because – the game is meaningless, you do that. But the worst thing to do is to have a team come two weeks afterwards playing meaningless football and then have them trying to get geared up to play against uh, the Titans or the Ravens or a team like that coming in who are uh, who, who got momentum on their side. So when the engines get going, man, you don't want to cut that engine off. So I say we just keep things rolling. As we learned, I think, with the Marcus Peters suspension, uh, in Big Red, I trust. Um, I think he's got a feel for these things. Um, I, I think he's been doing it the same way for years and years where he gives them the week off if he can. I know they did that, um, obviously, with the Chiefs earlier. So with all the injuries that happened throughout the year, um, I think the extra time is worth it. Take it. Um, and I think that's probably what the Chiefs will do. Andy Reid is a man set in his ways. And if yeah. I'm looking back to what he's done in the past, I think the veterans who need the rest will get the week off. He doesn't seem to be a guy who like believes in jinxes. I don't know. Back in 13, he rested, I think like almost every single starter. I would not be surprised if that's, you know, what, what he does at that point. If, if, if they're locked in, I, I see, I see them going in one or two directions. I think they'll either be pulled at the half or he'll just stick with what he's done and rest the starters. I, again, I think there is something to continuing to have that routine. I don't necessarily think you want to keep Alex Smith in for three meaningless quarters either. Can you? It's Mahomes, though. That's what we could possibly <laughs> see. That's what every Chiefs fan is thinking about this game. You want to see Mahomes for the full game. Like, got, it's a nice little preview here. You got a Mahomes question coming. Is that what you're saying? Uh, so we, got, we got some similar questions coming. Joel Raines at J 7 asks, with emergence of KPL and Ragland, are there any suggestions that this is DJ's last year in the NFL or if we'd be able to restructure his and Tom Lee Holly's deal to let them ride off in KC? I think this could be the last regular season home chiefs game for Alex Smith, Tom Holly and Derek Johnson. I, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Out of those, I'd say maybe DJ is the one most likely um, to come back. Uh, just, you know, e even though he's moved into somewhat of a part-time player um, when KPL got hurt, you know, DJ ended up playing, still playing a ton of the snaps. So, um, I wouldn't be stunned if they brought him back, but you know, obviously, it's not a good sign if you're already starting to cut back. Yeah, we're gonna need KPL to get that shoulder right as a linebacker. I mean, it's kind of hard to play the position with your shoulders banged up. So if he's not ready to go, we're gonna have to um, kind of depend on Wilson to come back a little bit. Um, I mean, DJ got a good thing going when when, you, when you're not having him play every down. Um, he's being a lot more. Uh, he's a lot more impactful when he plays a situational football as far as a linebackers, you know, instead of playing every down. So I think they keep DJ the way he is. If 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 DJ is w willing to come back to the team at a reduced rate or, you know, just to finish his career off and you want to 
keep him as that, that especially that kind of a package linebacker. I mean, he has so much experience, and you can't – it's hard to coach that. Instincts and experience, can't coach those things. So, um, you know, the numbers that numbers game is kind of weird when it comes to who's going to make it and who's not. Maybe what you do is you put the Rova from Villanova Uh-oh. in a starfish. <laughs> starfish position and call him the starfish spy. He just – Go side by side but, like this, and Jay Keller wouldn't even be able to see. There is a position. It's called the Joker. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm playing on defense. We take defensive ends and we put them as linebacker in the middle of the field. And you can blitz, you can drop, you, you cut. I mean, you do a bunch of things. It's called the Joker position. So the Joker the, from Villanova. The Joker. No, not quite. <laughs> Jason Collinsworth at JC Play, Playmaker WNY. I wonder if that's Western New York. What needs to happen for the Chiefs not to trade Alex? I would say. I mean, I used to say the AFC Championship uh, was the line, uh, but I mean, I'd say maybe it's a Super Bowl. I, I got the scenario. Even the, a Super Bowl loss, I would wonder. The 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 only scenario I see that um, Alex Smith stays here is if we do win against the Dolphins, and then we do start our our, our newly deemed quarterback in game uh, week seventeen, and somehow he gets injured versus the Denver Broncos. Then you have to. God forbid, Sean. Don't talk like that. I mean, you asked how the 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 fans want to know how does you know how does Alex Smith stay? That's how he stays. Can you imagine the disappointment of Chiefs fans if Week Seventeen are waiting? Patrick Mahomes, New Year's Eve, and Tyler Bray runs out to the field, and that's the quarterback they have to watch in Week Seventeen. Backup Joel Stave returns. I mean, that's to me. That's the that's the smart move. That, that's the what I would do. I would play Tyler Bray the whole game. Like I would, as I would, long as it's not Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, I think I'm good. I don't care who plays. <laughs> Joe Huston at JB Mastrar. Who would you rather play in the first round, Tennessee, Buffalo, or Baltimore? Don't let Sean say doesn't matter. Who would we actually not want to see wild card weekend? <laughs> I like how they say it doesn't. <laughs> That's a good call out for Sean. Tennessee, <laughs> Buffalo, or Baltimore. Who would we rather play? Uh, so I'll do my list. I want to play um, the Titans first. And then the Bills, and then the Ravens. I think, uh, but I, I feel pretty good, it, you know, against against any of those teams. I say that as the Chiefs lost to the Bills three weeks ago. Well, this is hashtag the new Chiefs. Yeah, the new Chiefs. The if the regular Chiefs are here, um, I feel good against all those teams, especially at Arrowhead, where they haven't given up more than twenty points uh, since the Saints last year. <laughs> You hear that? That's the Titans backing into the playoffs. <laughs> you want to play the Tennessee Titans? They stink right now, and they're just kind of getting in because they had such a good beginning of the season. They're kind of like the Chiefs, but they haven't figured it out. I think you want to play the Titans. Mariota has like 10 touchdowns and like 14 interceptions. Like what kind of starting quarterback has numbers like that? That's crazy. Yeah, I think everybody would, would, would agree. We want to play the Titans. That's the, that's the, that's the opponent that we are uh, kind of licking our chops for. Um, I'm, I'm quietly watching Buffalo, and this has nothing to do with the Chiefs, but they may miss the playoffs by one game against the Chargers. You know who they started against the Chargers? Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Peterman. My man, Nate Peterman, dog. Nathan That's my guy. Peterman. I really want Buffalo to make it. Really want them to make it. You just want to see those uh, tailgate videos. But they got New England this week. Well, no, it's just like that's such an awesome thing as a fan. You know, like 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 I, I follow our, our uh, Bills website, and just like they're they're so into it, and they haven't had the playoffs in so many years. Like I really want them to make it. And like I love what Jaguars fans are doing now, like the way you know they get to see a playoff team. Like long-time bad teams making it. I love that. The playoffs after not making it for years and years and years, that's a special treat because there's nothing like playoff football. And sometimes 
Like you're, if you're a Chiefs fan in recent years, you get used to it and you get like a little bit unnecessarily mad when they get eliminated. And I get it. I get it. But being in the playoffs is hard to do. Only six teams do it in the conference per year. So, you know, and one team wins the Super Bowl. You got to remember that too when you get to the playoffs. Anyway, Clinton Petrie at CBP 1996. Position group that needs to play the best going into the playoffs or even a slim chance at postseason success. Position group that needs to be playing the best. Outside linebackers um, on either side. Um, I mean, can I just say the pass rush as a whole? That's like half the defense. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Houston uh, and whoever, whoever is on the other side, Tomba, when he's in there, um, just need to be able to, to rush the passer like consistently. And if they can't do that, they're eventually going to lose. I believe it always starts at the line of scrimmage, starts in the trenches. So it's the defense and offensive line. Uh, if you ask me to prioritize them, I'm going to go with the defensive line because at the start of every game is 0-0. If your defensive line is dominating the other opponent, then they don't score. They don't score, they won't win. Um, offensive, I think you can do things to protect your offensive line if they're a little bit um, um, outclassed, outmatched. You can throw it fast. You can do screen games and stuff. But when your defense is kicking the butt of the other team's offensive line, you can't do it. You can't run. You can't pass. You just kind of hold on tight and, and wait for a, uh, a special team's touchdown or a defensive touchdown because when you get your butt handed to you on that side of the ball, man, it's, it's, a, it's a sad, sad day. So I'm going with the most important phase is going to be the D-line. I see your edge rushers and I see your trenches, and I raise you an exact position and location in the field. That's the right cornerback and nickelback position because – during the Chiefs' terrible stretch, that side was getting killed, and every team has a number one wide out, a number one threat. And if the Chiefs, as it seemed like in the past couple of weeks, can prevent that, that area, that position from being targeted, I think that you know, this success will be there. I mean, that being said, of course, this is a well-oiled machine. I mean, it's hard to really narrow down a position group because if the edge rushers struggle, then it, it kind of bleeds into – the secondary, same thing at the line of scrimmage. So it's hard to, to, to put a specific position, but I guess those are our three, all different positions. Derek Vreeland, at Derek Vreeland, very original. Will Andy Reid continue to let Matt Nagy call plays into the playoffs, or is Reid itching to start calling plays again? I think he gives it to him as long as it's going well. Um, Ride that pony. I feel like he's kind of like – Andy Reid's probably a little superstitious, and if since they switched to him, they haven't lost. Um, the offenses look good. Like I don't know why they would stop. So I assume that they'll keep it going. Hey Derek, I'm a spoiler alert. I mean, it's the same plays being called, man. Like you know, it's the same plays being called. The, the difference is just the the um, when, when you talk about a pass play, you have your progression of who's the number one, who's the number two, um, who's the primary on a certain route combination. So those things are might be tweaked by Nagy. You know, he he's talking to quarterback and say, hey. Kind of stay with stay with Travis a little bit longer. Or, hey, against this formation, we want to really, uh, uh, really highlight Hill on the outside first. But the plays, the, the alignments, the assignments, all that, it, it's still the same offense being run. It's just the, the who's the primary on each route. Nagy will stay. Nagy. If they make the playoffs in the next two weeks, it'd be crazy to go back at this point when you, you're you're finding your top success. Well, the actual timeline of it will matter if the Chiefs are going to the divisional round. They're going to be like, you know, head coaching, like other teams are going to want to interview head coaches in that week in between, uh, you know, the wild card and the divisional round. So it'll be kind of interesting because Tobe, I bet, is going to get an interview someplace. Hello, Tobe. How come the mad scientist never gets any love? I love Bob Sutton. I, I think he's great. I mean, I know it's, he struggled in the middle of the year this year, but other the years, the Chiefs have been turnover machines, the yards. Uh, per game have been a little bit better than this year. 
you know, I love Bob Sutton. He gives great answers at the press conference, probably more than you need. I feel like if you're going to an Andy Reid team, you go with Andy Reid's underling, you know, the next offensive like guru or whatever. Um, which is where you know what where uh, Peterson came from. So Dave Tobe also, I mean, to your point too, Dave Tobe gets an interview per year. Yeah, we have you know well, Hallball from the Ravens used to be Andy's special teams coach. Dave Tobe, you know, he's going to follow that same uh, line, chain of command. He's gonna, he'll get an opportunity sooner or later. But we also have you know um, EB, the running back coach. He's very highly respected amongst the league as far as one of the uh, one of the brightest minds. I think uh, he would be the best head coach and yeah, the enemy. As far as the press conferences, you think Mike Tomlin is good? Wait till you see an Eric Bieniemy post game press conference. He needs to be like you know the position coaches don't jump uh, that often. I mean, I don't I don't know if he'd ever be in line for a coordinator position, uh, but he seems like the the perfect type of candidate. The guy who's obviously got it just needs to get that to the spot where they actually hire coaches, which mm-hmm. is coordinators. One know? time I was at a practice and Eric Bieniemy, one of his running backs, didn't do something correctly. It was either practice or training camp, but he just screams at the top of his lungs, I wouldn't give you water if we were in the middle of the desert. <laughs> what what's what's, what's the other AFC West team that um, was struggling at the coaching position? Was it Vance Joseph? Is right? Denver? Yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, Eric uh, Bianami, where you went? Colorado? Colorado, yeah. yeah. Don't, 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 you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't discount it yet. You know, he could be. That would be horrible just having to have to start rooting against Eric Bieniemy. Man, <laughs> he's a fun guy to root in, for. Hey, man, my crystal ball, right, right here. S dot. He, his helmet is a crystal ball. When is I'm this a crystal ball? It, You've been hearing some things. When I look into it, man, the voices. <laughs> I hear voices. voices. Well, boys, we came, we saw, we conquered. It's a Christmas Eve edition of Chiefs football. The Chiefs playing the Miami Dolphins win, and you win the AFC West. It'll be a very merry Christmas for Chiefs fans if that happens. For Sean Barber and Joel Thorman, this has been the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.